it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Why am I not talking in top volume right now? Normally the monologue is where I'm, I'm a most energetic. 6.3 billion dollars made it into this continuing resolution to settle Afghan refugees. $6.3 billion that we don't have, that we, we don't have. And if we did have it, if I had to argue, if my only option was to argue for domestic spending programs on American citizens or people that just got on got on planes in Afghanistan and came to the United States, well, obviously, I would have to say that $6.3 billion could upgrade government-run school facilities. I mean, I grant, I mean, granted, they put a ton of that in the COVID relief bill having nothing to do with COVID. Nothing to do at all. They spent trillions on COVID having nothing to do with COVID at all. And I'm, I'm sure we're getting our money's worth of that 25 or $30 million they gave to the Kennedy Center. What would, the, what, would, what would we do without 25 to $30 million for the Kennedy Center? But if you're going to talk about crumbling roads and crumbling bridges and, you know, public or government education that's falling behind, you know, maybe you could get some iPads or laptops into some school districts in low-income neighborhoods with $6.3 billion. They're going to spend $6.3 billion. Now, here's the best part of it. Headline Reuters, I don't think you're going to get this. At least not as an outrage story from CNN or MSNBC. Afghans are leaving U.S. military bases before resettlement. Washington, D.C., something unexpected is happening at U.S. US military bases hosting Afghan evacuees. Many hundreds of them are simply leaving before receiving U.S. settlement services. Two sources familiar with the data told Reuters. The number of independent departures, which tops 700 could be higher, has not been previously reported, but the phenomenon is raising alarms among immigration advocates concerned about the risks to Afghans who give up on what now is an open-ended, complex, and completely voluntary resettlement process. The speed and chaos of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan in August, so now the Biden administration is screwing this up. Following 20 years of war, many evacuees were brought into the United States under temporary status of humanitarian parole. Once transferred to U.S. military bases, refugee resettlement groups and U.S. officials have been trying to connect people with services for a smooth transition to the United States. Man, if they only did that for American citizens. If they only did that for American citizens. But listen to this. Leaving early could cost Afghan evacuees critical benefits like expedited work permits and create a slew of legal problems down the road given the complexities of the U.S. immigration system. It's a giant can of worms, said one U.S. citizenship and immigrations official who spoke on condition of anonymity. This could lead to years and years of terrible immigration status problems. The benefits the evacuees have received have been more limited so far than what's offered to refugees, but that appears set to change following legislation passed on Thursday by Congress 
despite opposition from Republicans that would give Afghan evacuees the more extensive assistance usually provided to refugees. We should do everything in our power to help Afghan allies get off to a strong start in their new homes, said Democratic Senator Jeff Merkley in a statement. Has anybody ever asked this simple, basic question? Why do you think the Taliban was waving through random people and keeping Americans and allies and green card holders and passport holders outside the airport? Does, does anybody think about that at all in the media and the government? Let's see. You have a terrorist group, right? See, now I'm starting to volume up a little bit. You have a terrorist group, and they take over a whole country, and they want global domination. They want a caliphate. They want all of us to live in a 12th century view of Islam. And we gave them $83 billion of the latest and greatest military hardware in the region. So a bunch of guys in flip-flops with rusty Cold War era AK-47s and beat up old pickup trucks now have M4s with ACOGs, perhaps laser sighting. They have up-armored Humvees with mounted 50 caliber machine guns. They have they have armored troop carry. They have everything. They've even got helicopters. They got it all. So now they've taken over as the government. And they start waving some people through their checkpoint to get on planes bound for the United States. And now these people are disappearing from military custody. And you haven't put this together yet. They're sending a terrorist. They sent a terrorist cell over. They sent a terrorist cell over. You morons! When we saw that plane full of military-age males, what the hell? What, what are you thinking? Now, granted, some of them might have actually been vetted interpreters, but random military-age males got on a plane bound for the United States, landed in military custody, have not been vetted, and have been disappearing into the ether, into the vapor of our society. (laughs) On the other side of that, like, well, wait a second, why are you leaving? I mean, you get some benefits by staying here, but you could get a whole bunch more if we can call you a refugee. How much do we give out to these people? that we don't even give ourselves. I want somebody to call this program and show me the line of text that gives the power to the federal government to tax we the people for the non-citizen. And I'll shut up. We have 600,000. 600,000 homeless Americans, many of whom are veterans. We have kicked people out of their jobs. We have kicked people out of their businesses. But we are going to expedite those work permits for those people. Ooh, doggy, they're going to work if they want to. If they don't want to, they can sit on ass. But if they do want to work, we're going to expedite their work permits so they can get to the front. 
I, I, I have yet to have someone answer this for me. Democrats, there are some Democrats that just think they are well-wishers, right? They look at something like affirmative action or critical race theory, and they think, well, this is going to undo past injustices. First of all, we can teach real history. That nobody owes it to anyone. Just because a handful of black academics have created this thing called critical race theory doesn't mean anybody. This idea, like, well, you're trying to ban it. No, we just don't want to adopt it. Nobody. The, the, the way they speak is that now this is the default. Critical race theory is the default, and you're trying to remove it. No, it's the. And I think conservatives have failed in that debate. And instead of saying let's try to ban it, just saying we're not going to implement it. This is not something that's here, and we're not letting it come here. We're not banning it as if it's been here like a gun ban, and now you're taking it away. It's never been here. It's not going to be here. But anyway, that's a side point. Well-wishing, well-wishing progressive Democrats think that something like affirmative action is going to undo past injustices. Instead of trying to move to a more equal society in that people are equally treated under the law and have an equal opportunity to try their best. In other words, equality, not of outcomes. There's a difference. But as we reboot this economy, I just, I have, I have a question that I, I've never gotten an answer to. I've never gotten an answer to this. If we're going to have race-based quotas for employment, for education, for contracting with the federal government, if you kick someone out of their job and you kick someone out of their business, their business closes up because the government made it so that it can't do business. When these things come back, when these things are available to come back online, Are we going to put people at the front of the line that were A, there to begin with, or were in position, or are we going to move people based on race and ethnicity into the starting position? Meaning, you might have been uh, living in a cave in a savage country yesterday, but tomorrow, you're working at an auto plant, like with a union job even though there was a guy in that job that was sent home for whatever reason, who's coming back? Who's getting that job first? The guy that had it or the guy that got off the plane yesterday? And don't say the most qualified. Because if that's the way you're going you're gonna to call it, then we should fire everyone from their job and start all over again everywhere. And that includes in the government. And then we should do that every two to four years. Because there's always someone more qualified than you. Wine six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. Headline: The Hill. Biden signs bill to avert shutdown. President Biden on Thursday signed a stopgap bill that will keep the government funded through early December, narrowing narrowly averting a government shutdown. The House and Senate each passed a continuing resolution earlier Thursday. The bill funds the government operations through December third and includes $28.6 billion in additional disaster relief and $6.3 billion for Afghan refugee resettlement. 
Think about that. You got a $28.6 billion continuing resolution to fund the government. $6.3 billion of that is just for Afghan refugees. That is a pretty big percentage. That's a pretty big chunk of change for just a continuing resolution. For just a continuing resolution. $6.3 billion. How many of these people are, were actually interpreters? How many of these people were actually allies? How many of these people were actually... I don't believe for a second that the number of people who legitimately deserve to come here cost $6.3 billion. Don't believe it. But again, the Taliban, the terrorist group, the savages, waved these military-age men through. They got on C-17s. They landed in the United States. And now they're leaving, leaving the military bases. Meanwhile, there are still Americans over there. The Taliban has possession of American citizens. And Biden's doing nothing about it. Let's see. But the price tag for the $3.5 trillion. Apparently, Representative John Yarmouth from Louisville, Kentucky, thinks it's no big deal. Play cut nine. The number itself is meaningless. I mean, I, I read Joe Manchin's statement. I've listened to him. He has no understanding of how the, uh, the, the federal government uh, monetary system works. When he, when he compared it yesterday to his household income, that has no relevance to what we can do. It's not a question of what we can afford. The, the federal government can afford anything that it feels it needs to do. Wow. And right now, that's what we ought to be focused on. So, um, you know, that's kind of the position I took on, on, in the budget committee. That's the position I will take going forward. Uh, the shame is that we have a, an opposition party, the Republican Party, who doesn't think the federal government has any obligation to do anything about providing child care, early childhood education, paid family and medical leave, any of the things that are in the Build Back Better Act. If they're not going to recognize that these are national responsibilities, then we have to act alone and it puts us in this very, very convoluted process called reconciliation that uh, has, used, has basically opened itself up to all these, uh, this brinkmanship. So this is an imaginary number. Then why $3.5 trillion? Why not $30.5 trillion? Why not? We can afford anything. And who are these people that don't think the federal government, keyword federal government, should be providing early child care? We could afford anything. $6.3 billion for Afghan refugees, untold, untold billions for Haitian migrants, Central American migrants. Anyone and everyone could come to the United States. We can afford it all. It doesn't cost us anything. You don't have to work anymore. You don't have to work anymore. Everything's free. I would sync Representative Yarmouth's argument with this very simple fact. If that's the case, then you can give us a euro from paying taxes. You can give us all taxpayers. You can give us all a tax amnesty, tax holiday for a year because we don't need it, right? I mean, it's, it's an imaginary number. Money's not real. Well, I mean, we're going to spend it, but it's not, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
Build back better, baby. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.